Runk. <laughs> Seattle, I'll be there on the 29th Sunday. Seattle, I will be there. Get your tickets at crystalia.com. Portland and Seattle, I'm coming. I'll also be in Daytona and Lakeland, Florida and Jacksonville. Get your tickets at crystalia.com. And without further ado, welcome to another episode of Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> So yeah, Seattle, I'll be there Sunday. Get your tickets at chrislea.com. I'm excited. I am excited to do the road after two and a half months. I was in San Diego, yes. Okay, fine. I admit it. I was in San Diego, yes. And I did Brea, California, yes, but I drove there. So I'm excited to take the flight, dude. Cal, uh, Calvin and Kristen are coming, and I'm excited to take the blo- the, the flight. And we're going to kick up them vlogs, the tour reports again. So subscribe to my channel, uh, the other Crystalia channel, and subscribe to Supergood. We changed the uh, name because the word cult in it was shadow banned. And so now we just are going to see them subscribers. Absolutely fucking. Um, but yeah, so uh, no more shadow ban, hopefully. I mean, I don't fucking know. Um, but shadow ban is real. I never thought shadow banning was real, but it is real over a year without gaining any subscribers. Uh, yes. And people told me, Hey, I was subscribed to your channel. What happened? They got unsubscribed. I don't know. Uh, yes. But anyway, I told them to resubscribe and these are friends, trusted people. So, um, yeah, uh, I am on tour. Go to chrislea.com, get the tour, uh, get the tickets. And then also there's that new merch, the life rips fall colorways with the hoodie. And then there's the new, uh, uh, welcome home, Join our cult shirts, the the flannels. Go on chrislea.com. We got the fucking images right here. They're hot. Get them while they're hot. Fall is nice. Am I a fan of fall? You know what? I don't know if I'm a fan of fall. What do I like the most? Summer because it's most comfortable. I don't give a fuck even if it's 107 degrees. I still love the heat. I do not like the cold. The cold is freezing. And um, I don't like the cold also because, you know, when you're wearing like bundled up shit, and then you go inside, and then the heat's on inside. you got to take off all your shit. It's just really, really unbelievable. And the storms have been crazy here and everywhere in L.A. It's unbelievable. Uh, and you know what that means? It brings out the potholes, babies. It brings out the potholes. And me with the low-pro tires, I already fucking fixed my tires about six. I've had six different tire, new tires on my fucking low-pro shit with the bloody guts. And it's just like, yeah, dude. But... You know, I guess that's a price to pay for being practically underground on these, you know, I guess it's a price to pay to be fucking no higher than a go-kart zipping around on the 101 freeway. But, you know, um, so was in Brea, California this past weekend. Absolutely awesome. So fun. Uh, you know, uh, I got the reps in my voice is going, I think I'm screaming more in my act now, which I always get when I get a little more confident with the material. So when you come, when you see me, Portland and Seattle this weekend and Florida next weekend, when you see me, dude, that's full confidence, Dalia, right there, dude. But also, you know, always fighting insecurity. And that's how it is, dude. Um, always fighting insecurity, always fighting the fear of, uh, am I, am I, am, are people accepting me? So anyway, but, um, I've always been that way since I was a kid, so it's all good. But, you know, so, uh, um, we have a good time, dude. I was with Denny Love and Lulu Gonzalez, dude. Fuck yeah, man. They kill it. They're they're up and coming comedians and they are just absolutely fucking killers. The Brea uh 
improv is absolutely it's so big it's 570 seats uh you know and it was all full every show slight flex but man it was just like crazy how like 2850 2, people uh came out to my show slight flex and it, you know it's all good but and also the weekend before that sold uh 3600 tickets in san diego which is close to brea slight flex so and i still sold out the fucking brea improv five shows slight flex and could have added another show but didn't slight flex so and anyway it's crazy dude so is that like six thousand tickets? I fucking um, yeah, dude. We have a great time, man. God damn, I love doing stand up. He's in love with it again, babies. Oh, he's in love with it again. Oh, for fuck's sake, God damn it. Oh, he's in love with it again. Oh, when he came back a year ago, he wasn't fucking in love with it. He fought to get on stage anyway because he needed to show Calvin that you can overcome demons and not be scared of shit. And oh, for fuck's sake, dude, it wasn't fun for a few months, but god damn it, if he didn't fall in love with it all over again. Oh, shit, dude. You fell in love with it all over again. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now what are we going to do? And he's getting intimate on stage, and he's talking about Richard. Oh, he's fucking, god damn it. You know what I mean? He knows how to crush, but now he takes the time. Oh, for fuck's sake, dude. <laughs> oh, he did four specials, and he crushed them fucking minutes per lap. were fucking crazy, but now he's fucking taking his time with it. My baby's, oh, shit, dude. Oh, god damn it. He's taking his time with it. In the middle, he fucking takes his time. Oh, for fuck's sake. And people get quiet, and they listen. Oh, for fuck's sake, dude. You can hear a pin drop for fuck's sake, but that's all by design. Ah, for fuck's sake. God damn it, dude. Um, yeah, dude. So uh, have a good time on stage. Fall in love with comedy all over again on Crystalia's Don't Push Me Tour. This summer, fall in love with comedy all over again. Um, Don't Push Me. Starring Crystalia only. Uh, yeah, I saw two movies. I saw three movies, but one of them I saw for the fourth time, dude. Now, what do we know about Crystalia? If you've been fucking listening to the Congratulations podcast and you're a part of this cult, what have we been? What have we learned? Now, Chris, what do you not do? You don't watch movies twice. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Hi, Chris. I'm here to ask the hard hitting questions. Do you watch movies twice? I don't. And if you listen to my podcast, you know that. Oh, interesting. So you only watch them once? Yes. What if you really like them? I only watch them once because I don't want to ruin the experience I had originally. Oh, isn't that nice? And you already know what's happening? Yeah, it is a little of that. But I'll tell you, man, I really only watch videos, uh, movies once. Huh. Are there select movies that you watch more than once? Yes, there are. What are they? They're either... My my very favorite movies, which are about five of them. Oh, okay. So is that what you saw this this uh, this past week? No, it's not. Well, what I thought you said you only watch your absolute favorite movies more than once. Yeah, there's like five of them. Well, but you saw this movie more than once. Yeah, but it's not one of your favorite ones. No. Well, why did you watch it? Well, because it's utterly fucking atrocious. Well, what is it? Gods of Egypt. That's what it is. Oh, with Gerard Butler and the guy from Game of Thrones. Uh huh. Is it really that bad? Yes. How bad is it? It's the worst Hollywood film I've ever seen in my life. Oh, very interesting. What's it about? Well, it's about a bunch of Persians and they're played by a bunch of white guys and they turn into fucking things like wolves and eagles and they fly around and one guy turns into a troll and blood comes out of them when they get stabbed. Oh, okay. Well, I can certainly understand that. It makes no sense. The movie makes zero sense. You watch it and then I found out that somebody got hired to rewrite it because it made no sense. And this is the version that they came out with. Gerard Butler's in it, dude. How much is Gerard Butler only make movies depending on two things? Number, number one, how much money he's getting. And number two, how hot the chicks are in the country that they're shooting it. Yes, dude. No doubt. He goes like this. Well, how much are they paying me? 
10 million. That's a lot. Where is it? It's in the fucking Greek islands. Get my dick out. Is in a movie called Plane. The movie coming out is called Plane. It's not even the Plane movie. It's just Plane. It's with him and the guy in that show Evil that's been on for five years for some reason. There's a show called Evil that's been on for like six years. How? How's there a show that's been on for six years that your boy, Johnny Hollywood, has no idea about? <laughs> Hollywood's not even trying anymore, dude. I love it. Uh, that's what I love. That's, by the way, what I love. Like when they say, oh, when, when we made snakes on a plane, I go, hey, Hollywood's back. And then, of course, they went along with their other work bullshit. No, I'm not, they're not going to get back anymore. But, um, yeah, dude, so... So yes, I watched Gods of Egypt. Yes, I watched Gods of Egypt. Yes, okay? Yes, fucking, I did. I watched it and I watched it and I've seen it four times and I've seen it twice in the past two weeks. Why? Because it's fucking atrocious and I love it, dude. Okay? And I, I always tell my brother when I'm watching it and he always says, again? And I said, you have to, dude. And then I stopped watching it and then I came across this, no, I finished watching it. And then I came across this movie called Soft and Quiet. And wow, did that fucking send me into a holy shit moment. It's a great movie. It's all in one shot, which I hate. It's gimmicky, but it works for this movie. Um, and it's about a, a bunch of like-minded moms a- a- that come together uh, because they want to uh, pr- promote their Aryan race, you know, their white moms. And one thing leads to another, and it just goes out of control, and it's absolutely fucking insane. And you got to see that movie, dude. And the music in that movie is fucking killer. And it's all made for the movie. And I don't even know how they did it. They shot the movie four days in a row. From At 6.34 p.m. they started. And they just went. And they shot it like a play, dude. Do you know how fucking hard that is? Now, granted, it's a little bit easier because you get done with the movie in four days. Because I'll, I'll tell you this much. Gods of Egypt was definitely shot in three months. Um, Yeah. But it was phenomenal. That movie was great. I don't know why no, not more people are talking about it. So I am. But it's great. Um, yeah. You got to see that movie. I've been watching movies. And then I also watched another movie. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Smile, dude, is great. I don't want to talk about only movies. But Smile is great. It's about trauma. Once I realize that, I fucking go like this. Oh, like the Weebay meme. Um, yeah. So, talking about movies too much for sure. I saved the fucking dog on the freeway. So, congratulations, dude. To me, I saved a dog on the freeway and man, I put it on Instagram. I didn't even like think about how like people would react. I was just like, oh, this is cool. I should, you know, it's kind of cute. I put it on and dude, you know, it's just like, I'm back, dude. It's like I ended the war in the Ukraine. When you save a dog, dude, you black at him. When you save a dog, you black out him. And uh, I did, dude. I did. This dog was weaving in and out of traffic. Like, looked like a fucking dingo. Looked like a coyote, the way it was walking. Kind of thinner, but also had a collar on. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go look at the fucking thing. 
And I was like, what do I do? Like these cars were swerving out of the way and everything was slowing down. He was just in the fucking middle of the freeway. Like I know dogs aren't as smart as humans, but ah, get out of the way. You know, you're in the fucking, these big ass, these vehicles, they're going to hit you. You know that, right? Your owner's thrown a ball before. You know that the ball has velocity and you got to go after it. And you know that it could hit you, right? Uh, car's way bigger. Move. So I, um, I was like driving slowly. And then finally he kind of like trotted over to the side of the freeway. And I was like, all right, everyone's just driving by. I guess I got to pull over and try to save this fucking help this guy. He's going to get creamed by a fucking Hyundai, right? And we're going to have to give him to a fucking Asian restaurant. So I fucking, uh, so I pull over and the dog is, is, uh, kind of there. And I get off, I get out of the car, cars whizzing by me and people are like fucking honking life rips. I'm like, can't do it another day, dude. I'm trying to, you know what I mean? Honking. Is that the guy from, yeah. Okay. I get it, but please dude, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> and, uh, honk, don't make a dent. No, I know. But dude, please. I just. So I, I get the, uh, I, I, I look at the dog and I say, hey, bo-. I do this thing. Look, I don't put on a show for a dog just because it's a dog, especially if it's in trouble. I notice that the, 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 the tail is un, un, is under, you know, it's, it's, I've never seen a dog so scared. The tail was under so much. It was tickling the tip of his dick, right? Like it was just scooping under, just touching just touching his fucking friendulum gland you know what i'm talking about just scooping under <laughs> the dog just the dog's tail was just scooping under just lightly grazing that friendulum gland you know what i mean just absolutely if it happened too long if the dog i left early but if you know i don't know the dog could have squirted you know i don't know his his tail was just edging the shit out of his friendulum gland and uh that's how scared he was. The dog's like, I'm so scared. I need to feel some pleasure. That's why they, that's why dogs' tails go in between their legs when they're scared because they're scared. They don't want to feel that. They can't cope with it. So they need to, you know, fuck with the frendulum gland so they feel some sort of, you know, dopamine hit, which is basically what I've been doing my whole life. So, um, so the dog, you know, it's rubbing his frendulum gland with the tip of his... And... Uh, and it's scared, so I don't put on a show for a dog just because this is a dog. Now, look, I do this with my son. I'd be like, hey, buddy. Like, I don't normally walk up to people that are regular and just, I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, nice jacket. You got a C on it? What's that stand for? Like, I don't do that. And I don't, but I, but I, and I, I, I do it with, with my son because I love him so much and it's so cute. But with a dog, I realize the cuteness. And let me tell you something about this dog. This dog was fantastically handsome, okay? And, but I know what's up, dude. I'm going to treat the dog like a regular person because I don't want this dog to think I'm putting on a show because I don't want him to think, oh, wait, why is this guy acting like this way? I don't want, I don't, why is this guy acting so nice to me? He must want something. He must want to fucking eat me or, right? Like, this is like, it's very, dogs are very Russian, you know? Like, you can't walk up. This is why Russians are just like, hello, nice to meet you. Thank you for a bouquet of flowers. Like, they don't smile for any reason than if it feels like, like, they're only Russians only, only smile after they realize they're smiling. They're never like, "Hi, hello, nice to meet you." Yes, because that in their culture means you want something from me, right? You you trying to trick me? I am no dog. As he walks away, touching his frangelum tip. Um. So dogs are very Russian. You know, you can be like, "Hey, buddy," right? But if a dog's 
scooped up with his tail, tickling his frenulum. He's scared as shit, and he knows something's up. He's on high alert already. And I'm not getting this. Sh- I'm not getting my jugular bit. Right. So I'm far away from the dog. I'm talking 30, 40 feet. But I say, hey, buddy. And he, he's trotting away, turns back around, looks at me. And I say, hey, uh, hey, come here, man. Come here, buddy. Let me talk to you. Like, I'm just treating him like a fucking homie. Hey, come here, man. And he just kind of looks at me for a little bit, trots a little bit over. And I say, what you doing? Can I pet you or what? And he, and he, and he, he comes a little closer. I kneel down and he walks away, right? So I'm like, okay. Number one, thank, number one, it's too bad because now I don't know what to do and I can't really help him. He's not going to let me touch him. But number two, secretly happy because he's part pit. Now, I know you're not supposed to say pit bulls fucking eat people, but, you know. I know you're not supposed to say pit bulls chomp people's faces off i know but then i'm like okay well but you know who definitely doesn't is yorkies that's all i'm saying you ever seen a havanese you know what i mean stuck on somebody's jugular no okay that's all i'm saying and look i know maybe there's pitbull activists out there the great dogs and you you know, you raise them. I think that they'd have the problems have to do with the humans. Okay, you want it to be like, yo, it's a human problem. They're raising them to be this way. Fine. I don't know what human owned this pit bull earlier. So the last thing I want is his jaw locked around my jugular. Especially when he's scared, tickling the shit out of his gland. You know what's up, right? So so I say, hey, uh, you know, then another guy pulls over. You know, he's like the Robin. I'm Batman. And... Uh, and and uh, he's getting nowhere with the dog because he, it was my shit from jump. I know. I'm like, buddy, thank you. I, but I got this. It's like, you know, it's like the FBI when the cops, when the, when the, when the FBI shows up at the cops and they're like, we got it from here. That was me. Right. The guy was just some fucking like some fat sergeant. That's just like, we don't like you. We don't need you here. And I'm just like, buddy, this is my jurisdiction. Okay. He's in my area. This has to, this is a federal fucking thing. I need to get this dog to stop fucking with his frendulum. Now let's go, or he's going to get hit by a car. So uh, I I finally uh, get him a little bit closer to my car, and then he walks around my car and tries to walk into the fucking traffic again. And I say, hey, buddy, come here. I put this all on my Instagram, you can see. And I open up my car door. So I'm like, oh, maybe he'll just hop in the car. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do, because I have a show in Brea. I'm driving to Brea. But I'm like, I guess I'm going to bring this dog to my show, because... I can't bring them anywhere else. I already tried to call animal control or animal pickup or what the, whatever the fuck you call them, you know, dog catchers. Um, and nobody's picking up. So it's up to me, dude. I'm like, fucking okay, you know, I work alone. I don't want a fucking partner. I only work alone. And so I open up my car door. The dog looks at me like, bro, what? And I say, no, just, you know, just get in. We'll go to a comedy show. It's fine. Still in between his legs. And then people are driving by and I'm like, dude, they're going to see Chris D'Elia trying to get a dog in the back. Someone's going to take a video and the, the fucking TMZ is going to be like, ah, Chris D'Elia tries to fuck a dog in the backseat of his car. I'm like, all right, you know. So I'm like, all right, I close the door. And then I, I'm like, I got to get this fucking dog out of the freeway. He's on the freeway. So there's like a, a, um, um, uh, a hill that's very steep and I got new shoes on. Shout out to Dybbuk. He makes awesome fucking shoes. I got on the fucking cool. They're the, you know, you don't, I don't know if you give a shit about shoes, but I do. And 
their camouflage and they got that D on it and they're real nice Dybbuk. And um, shout out to Dybbuk. Uh, and so I, I'm climbing up the, um, I'm like, all right, well, let's, I look and there's a gate all the way above the, the hill. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get him over there, over to that gate. I hope there's an opening. I'm going to get him over there so they won't be in the freeway at least. Maybe there's like somebody out there that can help or maybe the place looks not, you know, it looks kind of safe. So I say, come here, buddy. And he fucking starts running up the hill with me. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Now it's me and him. It's like Turner and Hooch. We're just running up the hill, dude. And, uh, and I see there's an opening. And there's a fucking latch. Like it's just so perfect. There's a latch where I could open the gate. And, like, and I say, come out here. And I lead him out to the gate. And he walks out of the gate and I say, okay, buddy, can I pet you? And he just kind of walks away still. And I'm like, okay. And I close the gate behind him and dude, I saved the fucking dog's life because he didn't get hit with a fucking thing. And I'm like, bye buddy. And I got like, not very emotional, but I was like, wow, this is, I hope he's okay. And he was in a a safer, way safer area. You know, I'm sure somebody called, he didn't have tags on him. So I couldn't call anybody. And the dog catchers don't work on fucking Friday or whatever. But anyway, I saved the dog. I felt good. I went back and I went to my shows and I did two shows, sold out, whatever, Slight Flex. But it's all good, dude. Saved the dog and sli- and sold out the shows. But it's all good. Media report that I saved the fucking dog, huh? Nah, they won't do that. It's not salacious. So, um, yeah, so, I, you know, I felt good. I hope that dog was good. And then and then Kristen saw, I sent the videos to her and she's like, get him, bring him in. And I was like, we're not, dude. She was like, bring him home, please. And I, we got four. I didn't even want Chenzo. We got a fucking dog that literally is a trash dog. And yeah, I understand he, he's your emotional support animal now. And like, he cuddles the shit out of you. But dude, I'm not, we're not bringing a fucking pit bull back with four. Now we got five dogs. Why don't we just open up a shelter? So, babe, are you out there? Are you listening? Is that her? Or the, I don't know. She's, I thought she was breathing through the door. door. Maybe, it was, maybe it was honestly Chenzo laughing. Um, but yeah, so I saved the dog. And uh, and it feels good, you know? I can't believe how many people were not. And then people were like online. Somebody was saying something like, oh, dude, why'd you post about it? If you were Christian, you wouldn't. And I was like, guess what? Not Christian. But I kind of am, you know. I've been praying a little bit, been trying. Feel phony when I do it, but I still try to do it. I pray for my enemies. Did you know that? I pray for my enemies. I do. I pray for my enemies and I pray for my haters. And I got to be honest, it's a little bit because I heard, you know, I know I, I've heard Tupac does, did that. Uh, and, you know, a lot of good hit. It did him. He wound up dead. But I'm saying, but, you know, honestly, did he live the life he was supposed to? Because he's influenced many people. And if he didn't die, would he have influenced that many people? I don't know. But all I'm saying is I pray for my enemies. And so that's what I do now. And I do that and I do it honestly through gritted teeth. But I feel like the more I do it, the better I'll get at it. And I don't think I'm, I think I'm missing the point, honestly, because I do it like, and fucking, you know what, I'm going to pray for this motherfucker, but I'm getting better at it because I want to be open and I want to have love for all. And that's the only, that is the goddamn truth, dude. That's the goddamn truth. I pray for my enemies, dude. So rude. Um... <clears throat> Mm. and uh we love it so yeah so you know we're firing in all syllables we're having a good time we're doing the podcast and uh <clears throat> we're on the road we love it um i was at coffee today 
and uh, I brought my Kristen was getting her hair done at the dry dry bar, blow dry 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 blow blow bar blow dry bar, right? The yellow and white place, and uh, <clears throat> and she was getting her hair blowed, and uh, I was like, okay, I mean, I wasn't like, okay, I don't know why I said that part, I was just filling in silence, but. Uh, she says, why don't you come to Mel's diner and bring Calvin? It'll be fun. And I, I say, is that your dry bar place? And she said, yeah. And I said, Mel's diner is a fucking Travis. It sucks. You know, it's terrible. It's on sunset and only tourists go there. And I have no beef against tourists, but like, it's not good food. It doesn't have to be good food because it's on sunset Boulevard and tourists go there. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get what I'm saying now? So she was like, yeah, but it'll be fun. It's like a 1950s diner. So now I'm like, okay, Kristen's a Cuda, but it's all good. But we're all Cudas, right? We're all kind of get suckered into that shit every now and then. And I'm a sucker for good atmosphere too. I really am, dude. I used to love the strip club. So um, so, so Kristen's like, meet me at the, uh, at the, at the, and I'm like, okay, well, we could, uh, you know, she, I was like, when are you done? She said, 2.30. I said, okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm going to probably be uh, ready sooner than that. I'll bring Calvin. I'm going to go sit near the coffee bean and tea leaf. You know how I do it. And I want to get Cal- Calvin kind of indoctrinated in the whole system here. Um, so she says, cool, go to the coffee bean and tea leaf. And then I'll hitch up when I'm done. So I'm at the coffee bean and tea leaf. I'm having a really great time with Calvin. He's got his life rift jacket on, his denim jacket, which uh, it, it was made by... Uh, on Instagram, his name is Seamstress. He's fucking great. And uh, he made me and Calvin some matching life rips jackets. And uh, Calvin was kind of, you know, we were hanging and having a good time. He had his little centipede toy. And uh, I was blowing bubbles with the coffee. It was really cute. And uh, so then Kristen is like, hey, I'm done. Where do you want to meet? And I said, well, you know, we're really close to this cafe that I like called Dialogue, which is great. They got a great brisket burrito. And I wanted it. But then she said, oh, okay. I said, or we can go to Mel's, you know, but it's a little further for us. And she says, let's go to Mel's. So I go like this. Okay, because I'm a good person. Now, I want to go to Dialogue Cafe, but I swallow that. So we go to Mel's because I do think actually Mel's will probably be more fun for Calvin. And also, that's where Kristen wants to go. And honestly, I live life outside myself now. Okay? Used to be a selfish guy, dealing with it, battling demons, but also... My heart's on the outside of my body at this point. Like I said, I pray for my enemies. So, so we go to Mel's and we have Mel's. And why did I start talking about this? Oh, no. So I was at the coffee bean. I'm at the coffee bean. I go to leave the coffee bean. I get in the car. I put Calvin in the car seat. And now there's always, uh, like I said, if you know something about this podcast, I talk about coffee shops all the time because I go, I'm a regular, baby. I love it. And um, when I go there, uh, there's always what one crazy person at a coffee shop It's never more than one. It's always like one guy. I have a feeling it's a conspiracy and there's always need to be like one crazy dude. And I think it's so people won't sit there and post up and stay on the Wi-Fi with just a four fifty dollar, uh, a four hundred, uh, a $4 50 cent fucking macchiato for like seven hours at a time. So the crazy, like, I can't be around this crazy guy anymore, right? I think that, that it's a thing that coffee shops do. So this guy's a crazy guy. He's one of those guys that fucking decals his car all up. He's like a holly. Dennis Woodruff is his name. Go to DennisWoodruff.com. He's a fucking guy. Someday he'll walk up and he'll be like, hey, man, I really like your comedy. And sometimes I see him and he walks up and he says, I watch your special, man. You're not fucking funny. So I'm like, all right, dude, look, just pick one or don't pick and don't talk to me. So I never know what honestly I never honestly I never know what Dennis Woodruff I'm gonna get, but that I don't want even one Dennis Woodruff. So the guy fucking uh, knocks. I get a knock on my uh, bloody guts. Calvin's in the back seat, and I I look. I see a bomber jacket. I don't see the face. I open up the door like a fucking asshole. By the way, I don't even see who it is. I just see a bomber jacket, and I open up the door. Guy could have fucking shanked me. The motherfucker could have, like, dragged me out and beat the shit out of me. 
I don't know who the fuck it is. I just, huh? Hey, I see. I open a door and it's this fucking guy, Dennis Woodruff. One time he's at the coffee bean and he just had an astronaut helmet on. Like, this is the kind of guy I'm dealing with. And he's got his dog near my car and I don't want his dog to jump up and scrape that fucking pearl mat. What? You know, that white, the pearl white mat. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to match the paint with a fucking. So he's got a big dog and it's, I don't want him to, I don't want him to scratch up my car. So I go, oh, hey. And he says, is that a sunroof on your car? And I said, yeah, man. He said, oh, that's bitching. I said, oh, thanks, man. And I closed the door. And I'm just like, I try to eke out of the um, driveway. And from the back, I hear Calvin say, it was really nice to see him. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. And it's like, dude, no, it's not. But also a life lesson, right? A life lesson in acceptance, a life lesson in do I really pray for my enemies? Because if I did, I could sit here and just breathe through this and understand that this is a person with a mental condition and that's okay. Yeah, he's monopolizing some of my, some of my time. And yeah, it makes my heart hot. And yeah, it makes my fucking palms sweaty. But you know what, dude? Life is good. And my son, he's not jaded. I am. So maybe it was nice to see him. I tell you, man, as a dad, your son... Or your children, they teach you some shit. You just got to be open to understanding it. So now next time I see Dennis Woodruff, depending on what mood, you know, I'm going to try and be in a good, if I'm in a good mood, I'm not going to let it get in. This is the step I'm going to take. If I'm in a bad mood and he says something to me, I'm going to be like, okay, uh, great. But if I'm in a good mood, I'm not going to let him move me over, push me over to a fucking bad mood. I'm going to stay in that good mood and be like, you know what, Dennis Woodruff? In my head, I'm going to be like, you have mental problems and that's fine, but I accept you. And you know what? It really was nice to see you. And then I'm going to fucking go on my way. It was really nice to see him. My legs caught. My legs caught. Um, anyway, you know, of course, uh, and then we went to Mel's Diner and we, uh, okay, so I was talking shit about Mel's Diner in the beginning. So I, we, we went there and look, I like to say I'm not a CUDA to fucking just grab, you know, if you don't, those who don't know what a CUDA is, it's a fucking barracuda. And they just go to shiny objects because they're shiny. They don't really have much thought into them. And so that's what, I say when somebody's a cuda, they just are tricked into going into a place because of another reason than they actually want it. So um, it's just programmed in their head because, you know, we all got a little bit of cuda in us. But like the guy who just gets fucking hot sauce, chocolate, hot, hot chocolate sauce on his fucking ice cream and doesn't even think about if he wants it or not. Just because like, oh, that sounds nice. But it's like, wait a minute. I'm actually an ice cream purist. And I don't want to have like fucking like, – how about this actually? And I, I digress. But ice cream is good enough. All the places where it's like, come on in and see whatever toppings you want. Go fuck yourself, dude. M&M's? No thanks. Gummy bears? Are you out of your mind? One time I was at a place and they had fucking pepperonis. And so I'm just like, no, that's disgusting. But ice cream's fine. But anyway, I digress. So we go to Mel's and I see on the thing, I'm like, dude, I've been eating like a fucking asshole lately. You know, I had a burger the night before and a burger the night before that. And they were both a mess. They weren't like, you know what I mean? Good burgers. They were great the way they, but they were fucking, you know what I mean? And, uh, like chef's kiss, of course, but also, you know, doctor's kiss too. Cause they're going to see me sooner now that I ate them. And, uh, <clears throat> So I, I, I've been eating like an asshole. So I'm going to get something light like a salad. But then I'm looking at the menu and I'm like, I'm not going to get a salad at a diner. If you get a salad at a diner, honestly, I can't even think of a bigger piece of shit person than does that. that, 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 that. And I'm, unless you're a woman, I get it. But like a guy who gets a salad at a 1950s diner, like 
piece of shit, right? Um, and then also like, so anyway, so anyway, right. Um, so anyway, I, I look and I'm looking and I see this section that's called Arnold Schwarzenegger's protein section or something. And I'm like, what the fuck? Did Arnold Schwarzenegger agree to this shit on the menu? You know? Arnold Schwarzenegger just agrees to everything. They're just like, we want to put three items on a fucking 1950s diner on Sunset Boulevard and, and name it after you. Is that okay? And he's just like, yes, hallelujah. What's on it? That actually doesn't matter. Just put it on there. <laughs> so um, I look at the thing, and it's got a uh, eggs, uh, uh, chicken, slices of tomato, which is bullshit, honestly. Eating tomatoes is like eating nothing. And then, and then you also get, um, what else? Tomatoes, chicken. Oh, yeah, asparagus, which is cool, you know? I like my pea stinky. So, and I see it's called protein, the protein plate. I hate when people talk about protein because usually it's like people who are just like, they look like fucking sausages and they're just like big, but they're like not cut. And they're like, you got to eat protein. And you're like, bro, talk to me when you can do laundry on your abs. Um, and uh, so I, but I gotta, I'm like, this is kind of what I want. It's kind of light. It's kind of nice. So I'm like, I'll just get the protein plate. She says, oh, okay, great. Protein plate comes, dude, and it was great. So I didn't want to talk shit about Mel's Diner. I, I, and I haven't been there in 20 years. I got the same waitresses, by the way. I haven't been there in 20 years. I used to go when I was coming up in Hollywood. And um, <clears throat> last time I went was with Eric Youngman and Dennis Testa, two friends of mine. So I haven't seen them in a bit, but, you know. Uh, went to went to uh, the Dungeon 50 Diner and ate that shit, and it was really good. And then I wasn't done, dude. You know I wasn't done? Because there were no carbs in the goddamn plate. <laughs> If you don't eat carbs, it's not really a meal, is it? Didn't eat any breads. Uh, my son got chicken fingers, ate none of them. I didn't even eat any of those. So I'm still hungry. So I look under the fucking thing at the menu, and there's a protein shake. Now I got to say protein again, but I don't. It's not called a protein shake. <sighs> what it's called is the proteinator. And I'm like, well, I'm not saying this. Do you know what I'm saying? I want all of the ingredients, but I don't want the umbrella it's under. So I say to her, can I get the protein shake that's also on that section? And she says, the proteinator? And I said, you said it. She brought it back, and it was okay. It was pretty good. So anyway, I'm full of protein. Um, and I don't like when people say that, but I am. So uh, that's what's up. Arnold Schwarzenegger has his own fucking... I want a guy like... Arnold Schwarzenegger is too... That's the thing. He's too famous for me to have somebody. Like if they, they, Honestly, talk to me. I'll go to the restaurant that gives Greg Kinnear a fucking section. Um, but yeah. I saw in this article here. This is on BuzzFeed, which so you know it's hard-hitting facts. BuzzFeed News, right? There's Buzz, BuzzFeed and then BuzzFeed News, I guess, which is hilarious. Like that's, they're trying to be like the, and there's an article I saw, Timothy Chalamet's agent revealed that he hadn't, hasn't auditioned for anything in over seven years and it sparked a conversation about nepotism, privilege, and industry connections. Okay. This article, dude. So look, apparently they were trying to have Timothy Chalamet do Gladiator 2, which is sounds like literally 
a fake movie they would make a, a, a whole arc on in the show Entourage. Like Gladiator 2? Like does it, another Gladiator or what? The guy's dead. So I would go see it. I would go see if it was Gladiator T-O-O. And it was like, oh, this guy's Gladiator 2. This guy's a Gladiator 2. Um, but like not even a prequel? So then and also and also you want Timothy Chalamet? He better be the bad guy. The guy wears more fucking sparkles than any chick I've ever met. He's not gonna be the Russell Crowe part, right? Gladiator could only be played by a guy who you know is gonna be fat when he's 60. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, what's his name's gonna get Timothy Chalamet is gonna get thinner. He's going to be Willem Dafoe and shit when he gets older, only way more handsome. Now, I get Willem Dafoe sexy. He's got his own shit going on. But, you know, he wears sparkles and shit. So, uh, anyway, this guy is going to play Gladiator in Gladiator 2. Really, Scott's going to do it. So, might be good. Look at these fucking guys dress. Um, so, apparently, Timothy Chalamet's agent, Brian Swordstrom, which is a fucking name that would be in a movie, and Tom Cruise would play the, la- the, the, the fucking Anthony Swordstrom would be the fucking Tom Cruise guy. And um, quick, he quickly entered the conversation to refute the viral rumors. Now, first of all, this is what the agent wrote. I know one of these actors was shooting a film because they were saying who's going to play the role in, and they were saying, is it Timothy Chalamet? Is it this guy? And this guy, his agent, Timothy Chalamet's agent said, I know one of these actors was shooting a film in the Middle East for the past several months, and he hasn't auditioned for anything in more than seven years, he tweeted. Now, the fact that your agent tweets anything is terrible. And about you, terrible. That would that is a fireable offense. If I was Timothy Chalamet, I'd put on my sparkly fucking blazer and tweet back, "You're fired," okay? And with a little fucking tie that, like you know, the little tie, not the, even the bow tie, the one with the two things that come down like a bitch. So, because Brian's tweet now, hello, an agent has entered the chat. Now, what do we all know about agents? Everyone hates them, no matter what. So, hey, agent, don't tweet about me. I'm all good. So his tweet sparked a mixed reaction from fans, many of whom thought Timothy's industry connections into, uh, who brought Timothy's industry connections into question. The 27-year-old uncle is director Rodman Flender. Remember him? Remember Rodman Flender? Huh? No? Ah, then why is this an article? While his maternal grandfather was writer and screenwriter Harold Flender. Oh, that's why it sounded familiar. It wasn't Rodman Flender. It was Harold Flender, right? No, you still don't know. Oh, right. Then why is this article written? Dude. And Timothy's mom, Nicole Flender, is also an actor known for her roles in movies The Bird Watcher and The Heat of Passion. How many times have you seen those movies? Zero? Oh, okay then. Why is this an article? 
Dude. It says, given that Timothy, by the way, E-E, you know? With an accent over the first E. Who shot to fame after starring in the first film, Yeah, Call Me By Your Name. Question whether it's a success in the industry is partially due to their familiar connections. I got your answer right here. No. Okay? I mean, no, dude. And for this reason, several fans argued that Timothy not partaking in any auditions in several years was proof of his privilege in the Hollywood industry. He's got privilege in the Hollywood industry because he's slaying these parts. He's got clout in the industry because he's absolutely obliterating his choices and scripts. He's out there picking up. I mean, it's so... Look, some, some Asian chick wrote, this is not the flex you think it is. Look at this. Hollywood is giving him special treatment. Chalamet is a Nepo baby, but a lot of people don't know that. Because, But he has an uncle in the industry that opened a lot of doors for him. Dude, how about like everybody? Dude, how about how they're, how, how about how every industry you just, my dad is a producer, okay? People think that literally people like my comedy because my dad worked on Ally McBeal. Do you know what I'm saying? People think that literally fans buy tickets to my shows because my dad directed a few episodes of Lois and Clark. Like, they think that. You know how hard it is? Dude, this is the industry that we grew up in. And I say we, me and Timothy Chalamet, because we're both fucking complete. We have star power, you know? The same. And, you know, it's like, yeah, he was in Dune, but did he fucking, does, does he have a sold out show in Seattle? I mean, he doesn't, you know what I mean? I'd like to see him try to do stand up is all I'm saying. Like, yeah, I get it. He was in fucking whatever that movie was, uh, uh, Call Me By Your Name. And, you know, that was great. But I'd like to see him go try to do two shows at The Beacon on February 15th, chrisley.com. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he would do very, and obviously, honestly, even if he could sell tickets, I don't think he would do very well. So, and that's fine, but I'm saying put me in his roles, I'll clean up, I'll clean up. And it's not, a, I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I get it, but you put, I'm not trying to say one's better than the other, but you put me in Dune and it's a different story. I mean, I know a lot of people liked it, but you put me in Dune, it's a different story, dude. And I mean, f- f- people go like this. Okay. Wow. All right. Well. Yeah, he is a force to be reckoned with. And I'm not going to say it's a fucking, what do they call it, tour de force, but so all, I, all I'm saying, it's my goal to dress like Timothy Chalamet, though, 100%. When I'm 60, though, when I'm 60. Um, so anyway, you know, it's like, look at this person tweets. There are real conversations to be had about white privilege, but Timothy Chalamet not auditioning for roles right now isn't. This is where this is where he is in his career. He's not the first actor to be in the position and won't be the last. Yeah, for sure, 100%. Who said that? Um, God, if I was Timothy Chalamet, dude, I would be so angry at my agent. Hey, agent, shut up. You know? Uh, so anyway, uh, that's, there you have it, dude. But it's not because of nepotism, dude. The guy's a good actor, I guess, right? He massages the lens. I'll give him that much. Is he good? I don't know. Or is he massaging the lens? Uh, you know, I've seen a few movies with Timothy Chalamet, maybe only one, and he massages the lens. I'll give him that much. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just insane. These people that get mad at fucking anything. How about this? Get mad at Frankie Muniz for being a, a NASCAR driver. That shouldn't have happened in this world, right? Now, I've met Frankie Muniz, the nicest guy in the fucking world. Want the best for him. But dude, I want you to be Agent Cody Banks. I want you to do 11 of those movies. I want you to do more Malcolm in the middle. I want Malcolm to not only be in the middle, I want him to be on the left and the right. Like, dude, I want, honestly, what's his name? Frankie Muniz to be, I mean, the guy's 4'6", and I think that that's fucking fantastic, man. I want you to play always in movies. I want you to be bad guys. I want you to be the illest James Bond villain. How about that? Oh, my God. I'll tell you right now, Frankie Muniz, if he was a James Bond villain, game over. So he does NASCAR. He didn't want to do acting. And uh, Frankie Muniz, known as Malcolm, stars starts NASCAR career. Look at this. There might be a reboot on the horizon for actor Frankie Muniz, one aptly titled Malcolm in the Middle of a Pileup. Uh, so bad. Not funny, um. Muniz, who started Malcolm in the Middle, and agent Cody Banks announced that he was that this week he's competing in a full-time race car and driver in the he's gonna die, you know. Like, and here's the deal. It's that because that makes so much sense, that headline. Frankie Muniz dies first car NASCAR race. Like, you know, it just makes too much sense. I think he misses calling. He should have been a jockey, dude. That would have been amazing. But it's probably good for lighter guys to do NASCAR shit because they don't have, although maybe it's good to have the weight, you know, because once you get the velocity going, I, I'm really fucking, I, I know a lot about science and shit and math. Uh, and it all comes down to velocity. Um, anyway, congratulations to Frankie Muniz to do his first race. We love Frankie Muniz here at the Congratulations Podcast. I love Frankie Muniz. I like him more than Timothy Chalamet, honestly. I wish Frankie Muniz was in Dune. Um... How confusing is that title? Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Is that what the movie is? Call me by your name. Yeah. Also, oh, wait, hold on. Timothy Chalamet, his sister is also in the business. Dude, any business, any business you do is mostly a fucking, because you're like, oh, I know that guy. Well, why don't you hire this guy? So, and then when it comes to Hollywood, everyone gets all pissed off because everyone wants to be in Hollywood. And people think it's because they're brown or something or a lesbian that they didn't get the part. When realize you just don't know anybody. And I don't you know what I mean? Like, that's not, that doesn't come from a place of hate. I'm just saying, I might have to cut that part out. We're not, we're not cutting that part out. So, because um, I'm real. Um, I'm just honestly happy at, hey, you know, we talked a lot about, about movies. This We're going to talk more about movies. I got a question for Hollywood. Hey, Hollywood, what you doing? Hey, Hollywood, let's talk about this 80 for Brady. Hey, Hollywood, what you doing? I want to know 80 for Brady. It's a movie about four women that are 111 that are Tom Brady fans and want to go watch football games. Okay? That's basically what it is. That's the law. That's the line that they pitched um for sure so so here it is we open up four 125 year olds females love tom brady and guy, the guy from fucking Lionsgate or whatever is like i'm interested and um not Lionsgate, but you know what i mean fuck searchlight or some shit not that and um and he said and so they're it's Olivia. It's like fucking some that older lady named Olivia, and then another one, Sally Field, who's cool, and then the other two that you've seen in nine hundred things. And uh, 
my my whole question is who is this movie for okay who's it for usually you try to combine things that are like-minded okay so who's going to go see this old ladies maybe but also would they see this it's about football who's going to go see this diehard football fans maybe but it's about four 165 year olds ladies so who's it for if you're going to make this fucking movie have it be with Michael Caine, Michael Douglas, Michael Keaton, and, and Michael Chiklis, okay? That's the fucking 80 for Brady movie. No guy who likes football is going to go see Sally Field uh, and fucking, you know what I mean? Olivia and then the fucking other one. They're not going to go see it, dude. Also... Four 180-year-olds are not fans of Tom Brady. You might as well be making the movie Transformers. Can't happen. So I'm just like, it leads me to this zone I'm in where I'm just all like walking around saying, Hollywood, shit down. 80 for Brady, you know? It rhymes can't think of a worse title 80 for brady um is what it is my baby um all right well i think that's a good episode you know you guys i had a really good time it's good to fucking be back in the 2023 era and uh you know we had a good time and um i appreciate you listening and uh go see 80 for brady and let me know how it is um but yeah i'm gonna be in seattle Sunday, the 29th, tickets at chrisley.com. And then I have Lakeland, Florida. I have uh, Daytona, and then I have Jacksonville, and then I have Providence, Rhode Island, and then I have New York. Oh, I have San Antonio. I have New York. Do I have Sugarland right then? Anyway, chrisley.com, Chicago. It's just going to be bonkers. I just put Milwaukee on sale, and I just put uh, Salt Lake City on sale. Salt Lake City selling like gangbusters. Um, so yeah, go get your tickets, chrislee.com. Hey guys, that's it for the episode on YouTube. If you want the, uh, uncut version, the raw unedited, uh, with commercial free, then you just got to go to patreon.com slash chrislee. And let me tell you something about that. It's just six bucks. And let me tell you something. What else you get about that? You get a free episode a month, which means you get all the free episodes every month that they come out. But then also you'll get all of the ones uncut. And then also you'll get about 20 backlog episodes only uh, that Patreon guys get. So you can go binge it now. Uh, like it's the show 24 or something. So go to patreon.com slash Crystalia and uh, peruse, dude. It's just six bucks. Thanks, guys. Thank you.